Hey guys, and welcome back to this week's episode of the podcast. In this week, I'm going to talk about my big problem that happened with a client of mine where I was connecting a website and basically caused a problem that made the entire website go offline for almost around a week now, as well as completely cutting off their entire email communication, which is obviously a bad thing. And we're going to talk about this entire case and what you can learn from it. Um, there's definitely a big chunk of learning that you can take from this, and that's why I want to, to share this story with you. Under that, I talk a little bit about spending t- quality time with friends and family, rescheduling, and why you shouldn't be emotional about that, and my strategy call that I did on Monday with a client. So let's jump right into this week's episode of the podcast. So welcome back to the podcast. It's a Sunday, again, like every every time I'm recording this, it's a Sunday, but this time it's only 12, so I'm not recording this in the evening. I'm like fresh out of bed, freshly prepared, had my first coffee, and now I'm ready to record this podcast with sort of like a fresher mind than usual when I do it in the evening. But I do have to say that it's not a problem for me to record it in the evening, Um in general, I do really enjoy recording the podcast like this, just with the voice, because I can just focus on different things when I'm only recording the voice, so recording a podcast without video. Um, so let's jump right into what happened last week, because this week was a banger, in a good way and also in a really bad way, <laughs> or in sort of like a sat- scattered way. So let's start off with the big topic this week, which was the big problem of the last week. So to give a little bit of context, I designed the website for my dad's business around a couple months ago, I would say like five months ago. And I I did it like no problem. We had the, the URL, so the domain connected to the website, no problem. Everything was done in Webflow. Everything was going fine. But we were actually going from a different, so the old website of him was hosted. So basically what hosted means for people that don't know is basically who, who puts the website online. So you have the, you have the design, then you have the code that basically translates the design into a web browser. And then you have to have somewhere where the website is going to be sort of stored so that people can access it. And that's basically what hosted means. Um, so the old website was hosted by a different provider that also provided the domain. And now we were going over to Webflow, which um, offers hosting in their integrated service themselves. Um, actually, what's funny is they don't really host it themselves. They only basically create a connection in the back end to AWS, which is also when I talk to people about this topic that I'm going to mention to you right now um, this week. Um, what probably a bunch of people don't know is that Amazon also has a huge, huge business called AWS, and that means Amazon Web Services. And what they basically do is, I, I think they do a lot of things with that. So anything's related to the internet where you have some storage or something. But one of the main things that they do, at least like how I'm aware of it, is that they host websites. So they do exactly what Webflow tells tells us. Um, that they're doing, they do that for the biggest websites in the world. So they're like, I, th- I, I think they're the biggest um, web host provider in the world. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's just the like kind of standpoint where I'm at right now of like who, like what they do, 
how they how they do things and stuff. So that's just a really funny thing for the people that didn't know that Amazon did also have other businesses other than their main business, like their shop, their big ass shop. <laughs> um, so they also do web hosting, which means that they store. I think that's it's kind of like an easy explanation. They store your website so that people can actually access it. If you only have the code like laying on your computer, no one will be able to access it. But if you host it somewhere, people will be able to visit the website. And to be able to get to this website, you also need the domain. And that's always what you got like apple.com, youtube.com, google.com. That's that's called a domain. Um, and you need that to be able to reach the website. So we have someone that hosts the websites and you have this domain. So it's basically like a direction, like a path that directs your browser to the website. Um, so the old website of my dad, of my dad's business was hosted on a different provider that also offered the domain. And for people that also don't know, usually a domain also has the ability to be able to redirect emails so you for example would have an um, email called info at apple.com info at google.com what was the other example info at amazon.com so that's basically an email sort of that is connected um, to the domain and if it basically looks more professional other than if someone would use i don't know like apple at gmx.com, apple at gmail.com, that for example would not work at all. <laughs> so it's basically in business you use that to be more professional. And this sort of like um, email address is linked to the domain directly because you would just have to look at it. You have apple.com and then you just put the ad in front of it and then some sort of preverb that you can choose. And you can have many of those. And usually what it does either it's directly like a mail inbox um, or it's just a redirect basically. So if someone sends an email to info at apple.com, this email gets redirected to, I don't know, it could be apple at gmx.com. So now you know that there's email addresses or basically like redirected email addresses connected to a domain. So you have the domain, you have the email address that's usually connected to it when it comes to business most of the time. Um, and then you also have the web host. And when we launched the website, the new website of my dad's business on Webflow, we stuck to the old provider that also offered the web hosting. But now we... You have to know that in Webflow, in order to be able to update the site live, you have to you have to host the website on their servers or like through their service because they're really hosting it on the um, AWS servers, as I mentioned to you. Um, but there's pretty much no other way. I mean, there is another way, but it's really I don't know how to say like uncomfortable to do it that way. You can export the code that. Webflow would generate, and then you can host it on any server you like. But if you want to, for example, update something, if you want to change a text, if you want to change an email, any phone number, if you want to swap out an image, you would have to um, edit the code, so edit the designer Webflow, then you would have to export it, and then you would have to re-upload it to your um, host provider. So 
you know, that's possible. But for small businesses like that, that's just way too complicated. And that's why you usually, when you do something through Webflow, you also host it through their service. Um, so we were actually paying for the old providers still because they were offering the, the domain, the email, and also web hosting, and I think a bunch of other services, but that they're not really necessary. So we were still paying for the hosting on the other provider. And then we were talking about like, okay, it sort of doesn't make sense that we have to pay twice for different providers and the one we don't even utilize or use actually. So why don't we change to another provider? And this idea came from my dad. So in this case, I the reason why I want to talk about this is because I think there's much to be learned from this when you are in business or actually I think in any situation to learn how to reduce risk or actually be aware of risks. And that's why I um, call my dad now the client. I think because that's more um, valuable to you because then you can actually emphasize and understand um, the problem that I'm trying to get to you across that you can learn a lot from, I think. So in this case, the offer sorry not to offer but the it was pushed by the client to change the provider and basically for me the service provider um i was telling him like i would really not recommend it i at that point i didn't really have much knowledge about switching up um the different providers um but i did know that it's going to come going to be complicated it's gonna take some time and that you just normally wouldn't do it if it's about like i don't know like 30 bucks a year or even 50 or 100 it's just not it's just not really um worth to like do that transfer because i did know prior to this i don't even know why but i was aware of it that it's gonna be i i think it's just common sense it's just pretty obvious um if you know a little bit about domains and the way that websites work you just understand um if you for example don't understand dns settings so that's like way deeper i don't want to go deep into that because those are details that are not important to get this point across here um but i was aware that it's going to be complicated it's going to take some time and it's going to basically fuck up the website so he pushed again and again i think throughout the span of like two weeks he was talking again and again like can you just do the transfer or look at this and take a look at it and maybe can like save, save some money there basically. And I do understand that that's the um, logical way of a business o- owner to operate a business is to reduce costs, especially costs that are not necessary. I totally understand that. Um, it, that's definitely the right way to do in my opinion. Um, but um, he was pushing again and again and said like, can you do this now? Or can you take a look at it? And I was saying like, I can take a look at it, but I already know that it's going to be complicated. It's going to take some time and it's going to create some problems, basically. Um, uh, but now he was telling over and over again, like, I really want to do this or please take a look at it. Not like I really want to do this, but tr- please take a look at it. Um, I took a look at it and the service provider or domain provider that I was aware of that was like the top of my ad was GoDaddy for the people that had never had anything to do with, web- with websites. It's such a crazy name, right? <laughs> such a stupid fucking name. But I think it's it's from the early 2000s or even earlier. Um, and they had this logo and stuff. So they're a pretty old service and they're not new. But back then they 
had the crazy name GoDaddy. I don't even know what it means. It just sounds sort of like crazy. I don't know. But whatever. It's a crazy name. But I know they offer services. Oh, geez. And I get so many ads from them that they... So I think they used to only provide domains and maybe like emails through that and maybe other things that surround the domain. But now they offer some marketing services that I'm really unsure about. They always talk in these ads like that you get a better social media presence through a website. I still don't know what the fuck that means, why a website would influence a social media channel. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm really getting off course here. The top of my ad, I knew GoDaddy, so I checked out how much does a domain cost, cost in one year at GoDaddy, and we just saw like that it was cheaper. And then I offered it to him, like, you see, it's cheaper like that. Um, do you want to do the transfer? Knowing that it's probably going to take some time, it's probably going to be a little bit complicated, but we can do it to reduce these costs. Um, and then he pushed, yeah, he gave the go, yeah, let's change it. Um, and he did tell me something about the emails, but it wasn't really that clear. So he's... He said something like, okay, the emails are probably gonna be fine because the emails are usually done by the web host. And now it, it gets complicated. Um, and I wasn't really aware that they were actually using these mails that are connected to the domain. So basically info at URL.com. Um, wasn't aware of that and made the transfer. And they, they told me basically that it's going to be easy, it's going to be fine. I checked, obviously, I researched before, but I didn't research um, in regards to emails. I didn't research that. That's definitely clear. Um, I wasn't aware of that, that they, they were actually using that. I knew that there's a possibility that you have these emails and they're connected to the domain, but I didn't know that they were actually using them. Um, we're going to come to this point, I think. I'm going to come back to this point later because that's sort of like an interesting point to sort of debate a little bit about. So then we changed it. Um, I put in the settings in Webflow and also in GoDaddy to connect basically the new provider with, direct the new provider to the Webflow project that connects back to AWS. Um, so basically make the website work, that you can go to the URL, access the website, and that's it. That was the goal here and save a little bit of cash. Um, so then it basically didn't work out. So I did do, uh, I think, around five um, domain connects with Webflow before, and I never had any problem. I knew that it will take some time, like a couple of hours maybe, um, like at worst, maybe 24 hours. Um, but that was basically like how my mind frame about um, changing or reconnecting domains to Webflow or to any website. So that was sort of like the time frame that I was expecting. Um, but actually, that's not really what happened. So we had the first call. Um, I think I called GoDaddy first because Webflow only has email support. I hate email support because the thing is like with support when you want to solve something, most of the time you want to solve it like right there at the spot or at least get some response from them. And with email, you just have sort of like these trust issues with old websites that never responded. For example, the Facebook um, support that never responds to emails. Um, 
So that's why I don't like email support and that's why I directly connected with the support at GoDaddy. Um, as well as just that there wasn't a problem at the end of Webflow. It was really just the transfer that happened from the old provider to the new provider that's GoDaddy now. Um, called them, they told me like there's this transfer time, it could take up to 48 hours. I was like, yeah, that's sort of like bad now. Um, um, at that point, I didn't know that there was an issue with the emails. I just thought like, okay, the website is offline. It's, I mean, like, it's obviously bad that the website isn't there, but it doesn't get so many visitors that it would be a huge problem. But it's it's still a problem, though. Don't get me wrong here. It's still a problem, but it's not, like, a huge problem because when you type in the business name, you get the Google Maps pop-up and you have the direct um, number so you can call in. And if you need anything from them, you can reach them. So that's sort of, like, the way that I saw it. Like, it's bad that the website isn't online, that you can reach it right now, but you can definitely, if you want to connect them, you can connect them. So um, I called them again, 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 and nothing changed. They really told me, yeah, they checked it again. I, I mean, we double-checked it, like, we, I don't know, like, triple fucking Decker, Exoraganza, if anyone watched Stranger Things, they know the reference right here. Um, I mean, I checked it a million times with the support um, on all ends, checked like every single thing that you could check or change up. We checked everything. Everything was working on my end, like what I can influence. Um, and they pretty much told me to wait. So um, we're at this point, we're two days in and I get a call from my dad that the emails are not coming. Now I'm like, yeah, I thought the emails were, like you told me that the emails were managed by the old provider and we did cancel the old provider, um, but what we did not do, um, we didn't cancel it immediately. We basically changed the, sorry, sorry, we canceled the subscription and it ended like almost like at the end of 2020. So I thought like, okay, that's going to be fine. We're going to have to figure that out at some later point. Maybe we will get an offer for a lower plan that costs less for only the emails. That's sort of like how I thought they would manage it. And he was like, nope, there's no emails coming through. So that's like where really the big problem started, I think. Um, and then I started to understand that he actually was utilizing these websites that are connected to a domain. Um, and that was sort of real annoying, actually. Um, that like that wasn't made clear before and now we get back to the point where I was like talking to him that it's going to be complicated and he um, said like yeah we still want to go through with this to save some budget um, and now you can say on one hand he didn't mention that he was using these emails that are connected to domain on the other hand you can say I as the service provider um, didn't make him aware of the possibility or ask him if he utilizes these mails that are connected to a domain. So you can see that I look at it from many different standpoints and that is one standpoint right now where I'm like, you know, it's, on, it's, it's not only on my side, it's also not only on his side, it's on both our sides. I didn't know, I didn't ask him if he uses any emails that are connected to the domain. But on the other hand, he also didn't tell me that he was using them and that they're like vital for his business. So that was just a different side note um, that I think is sort of interesting to debate a little bit. 
Um, so speeding forward it didn't work. Call in like at GoDaddy. I think at this point probably around forty times or something. Um, there were always really nice. I do have to say that definitely great support. Um, I mean the best support is still Apple, but I do have to say they're definitely um, on a same level almost. I mean Apple is still the best because they're even nicer, um, but. You know, they've got a pretty good support. I mean, being aware that's pretty uh, important to have support on when things like this happens. But like, they still have good support. Just because it would be supporting doesn't mean that they will have good support. So now we come to this thing. Okay, it's not working out. My dad's stressing me out. My client is stressing me out. Like, why is this not working? We're not getting any emails. It's really hurting our business at this point a little bit. Um, and it's just, just figure it out, figure it the fuck out. I don't want to rule it out. Um, go figure. Um, I do have to also say that saying that I'm a client is also not really, sorry, that he's a client of mine, um, just to get it into context so that you'll understand like what I want you to learn from this, um, or what you could learn from this. Don't want to pressure anybody. (laughs) Um, he didn't pay me for that. That's just a, a different side note because later he told me like if a client would have um, would have had this problem with you, he would have like sued the fuck the shit out of you um, and it's just not professional. And I was like, yeah, you didn't come to me because I'm a professional with that much of like back catalog of knowledge of like what could happen of all the risk of the experience you didn't come to a young guy to get something solved for experience you want something probably because it's cheaper or better than the old guys um, but you definitely don't come to me for experience if we're talking about that so but I mean my dad knows me so it's not like he he thought like oh he knows how to connect domains he's like a professional at it it's not like that he knows me. <laughs> um, so yeah, didn't work out, called in over and over again. They reset it. And then at, I think on Friday, someone told me that every time you reset it, it's almost like poker. So either through the reset, it gets faster because you get put in like once again, once again, um, get like a registry um, that you need to solve this domain right here so the people at GoDaddy, not me. Um, But also what could happen is when you reset, the 48 hours also reset. So every time you reset, either it gets faster or it takes even longer because you resetted it and if it would have taken longer, the 48 hours start over again. So that's also really stupid, like sort of like that poker game right there, like what the fuck should I do? Like, I don't know. Um, should I reset it? Then I have to, at worst, wait even longer. Or should I just leave it? And I don't know. So that was also like really, really bad handled on their end. But like, I think there's no alternative to that. So yeah, kind of bad, but can't really do anything about it. But that was sort of like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck should I do now? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm not good at poker. So I think the reason why that is important like an interesting case it's because now my dad is mad at me um or angry or tells me that it's such a bad thing and i'm i'm like yeah i know i told you before that it's gonna be a huge problem i wasn't aware of the scope that could happen like the way that is right now the situation that we're in but like what you want me to do about it on my end i did everything correctly 
Um, the only thing that you can say that I did not do correctly is making him aware of the change in email and they wouldn't have access to their email for 48 hours. That's like the only thing that I could say. The other things are something that are totally out of my control and that I can just, I, I, can, I, I, can, di- I can influence it. You know, I can call in, they can reset it. They, I don't know, can send off any requests to their higher level professionals working on the domains. I don't know, but I can influence it. So now it's interesting because um, from many different angles, um, why is my dad mad at me? Why is the client mad at the service provider that really only kicked things into place? Um, or like kicked off things um, for other things to work on a problem or a case that he can't influence. So that's sort of always, if you are in the client business, that's just one of the consequences of being in the client business, I think. Um, When you offer services, you have to be aware that if something goes wrong, the client will most likely um, be pissed off at you, even though you probably might not even have influenced it in a big way or caused the problem. Um, but it doesn't matter for a client. The client doesn't care. The client wants his problem. The client has his problem. Um, and it's basically now mad at you for something that you didn't do. And I think that's just something that happens from time to time in the client business. Um, can't really... I mean, I don't think that there's a way to go around that. I think it's just that you have to learn how to cope with it and how to put yourself on one hand in the client's shoes, but also um, be next to him and offer him the, I don't know, like the service or the assistance in this case to tell him like, okay, first, like sort of make him understand that it really wasn't your, you, you didn't cause the problem. I think that's really important to make it sure because now my dad told said to me like okay client would be pissed off he will probably sue the fuck out of you and i'm like i don't know if he would sue me because i mean there was no contract doing anything um i didn't really cause the problem i only like maybe kicked it off that problem could happen but it wasn't really on my end i the only thing that i literally did is that i didn't make you aware of the dangers of switching a domain but it's like usually it this doesn't happen so am i wrong i don't know i mean it's like when you would say someone didn't um warn you before walking out the house and then the fucking tree like fucking cracks you down and you're dead like and then you're mad at the person because they didn't tell you that theoretically it could happen you know what i'm saying like so that sort of doesn't make any sense here but then i was also like debating um is it maybe even better if a client sues you than the bad feedback the client gets or not the feedback, but in this day and age, um, any people that are bloggers or any newspapers, any news outlets, they, they are like soaking up those stories because it's like sensational. It's something going on. It's, it's drama. People, people love drama. So that's the reason why you also have to be um, really careful about PR. So, and then I even debated, like, could it be that it's worse to have a PR problem with a client that says, like, you did something wrong, you're a bad service provider, whatever, or is it even better to pay off, I don't know, like, 100k for a case 
um, when a client sues the fuck out of you because you probably did something wrong. And I did know that there was this big um, agency from, I think they're even from Germany, I don't know, but they're called Accenture and they were, um, they offered the German, I think, car rental place, Hertz, uh, website redesign and there was this big scandal um, last year where there was a big media buzz around their basically like fail of this project that they didn't deliver and Hertz was super pissed off I, and I think they even sued them and you know I think what's sort of worse is that now you have sort of like this anchor back in your mind about Accenture um, also about Hertz and that they fucked up something and that's obviously really bad and for any people that are deeper into PR, I think that's such an interesting feel, actually. Um, but I think that's even worse than if you get sued by a client and have to pay like 100k or like if it's even more. Um, that was just sort of also like looking at a different um, angle from it and sort of like an interesting sensation that you get sued rather than... <laughs> um, having a bad PR situation or having a client that shouts out that you're a bad service provider, bad brand, bad, I don't know, agency, um, that that could be even worse than being sued. That was sort of like an interesting um, sensation to me that that could actually be the case. Um, other than that, I just think that it's an interesting thing or interesting case to look at if you, and I think it's even like when you work in a big corporation, um, you have this this chain of people and that they have these different responsibilities and then if something happens, you try to track down something and at best, the people that work in this corporation um, are so connected and interconnected as well and intertwined that they can just always blame someone else. So person A blames person B, person B blames person C, person C blames outside service agency you know so i think that's sort of always um interesting to look at it i mean in my opinion a great business person would look at it from a different standpoint and say okay this is a mistake um how can i solve this and others did something wrong solve this i think in my opinion the optimal business person would be like not prepared but would not be um, that shock that something happens because that's just the way that business works. There is, there are gonna happen mistakes, and I even thought about it like this. You know, quote unquote, I caused this problem right now. But what if I would have had an agency around twenty employees or something, and someone else did it? So, is the agency the one that has to cause the problem now? Is this, is it the person? Do you put it on the person? How do you communicate it to a client like this person, maybe an intern even, that would be even worse, fucked it up? Um, or do you say we as a agency caused this problem? Or if you even actually did a problem, like if you even caused it, um, if you fucked up something, do you put it like that? That's just also, I think, like we have to re-manage and think about like what kind of person or business are you? Um, and from there direct your actions. But I think a good business person um, should not freak out in a situation like this um, because they should just be prepared that that are going to happen mistakes. And if you have a big corporations, there are going to be even more mistakes. And also like if they are so many, I thought of, of it in that way. Imagine if I would have um, calculated any risk that potentially could happen. 
I mean, in this case, it wouldn't wouldn't have taken that much longer. Um, but you, if you look at it from a standpoint of an entire corporation, that's why they're moving so slow. That's why they can re-innovate, and that's why slow. Um, sorry, that's why fast startups come along and from time to time push them out of the fucking way because they don't have these risk. Um, I don't know, like risk procedures um, before doing anything. So I think um, business is all about making mistakes, actually. And there's mistakes that are worse. Like if you hurt, and I think business is all about making mistakes, but you have to be careful. And that's definitely something that I want you to take out of this um, thing right here, out of this case. And also what I what is like the biggest thing that is like an anchor in my mind um, is that whenever you're dealing with any business and you're helping them providing any service or if you're also just working in a business like if you are just an employee in a corporation you whenever you work with any um strings that are absolutely valuable for business that are like key for example what would that be email communication so communication really important um advertising budgets like if you pay money um, to get attention, for example, that is also like if you, so in this case, we, you could say we lost revenue because no new customers came through the website and could contact my dad or could mail my dad. But imagine an even worse case scenario. If I would have, for example, did Facebook ads for him, the website would not be live, but I still would promote the ads, um, pay for them. So spend money. Um, to a website that doesn't exist at the moment because you cannot go to it because it's not connected to like it's it's not working it's not it's not online right now so imagine that imagine paying for ads with your client's budget um, to a website that is broken offline right now it's not working or like a link mistake in the link you put in the wrong link so people swipe up and it's basically a blank page like imagine that that's even worse. And you know, probably happened before. And there's also probably agencies that saw it and they didn't tell the clients. I'm so sure that that's definitely the case. Um, I mean, like, imagine that situation, what you do in that situation. Should you tell the client? Should you pay back the money? I mean, if he doesn't know, he'll probably never know because you can just cover it up. So, you know, I'm, I'm just saying like, it's definitely the right thing to tell the client, but if you look at it like, let's take an example, small agency, 20 people, SEO, they do marketing for them, SEO marketing, and they fucked up something, they spent some money on Google AdWords, um, let's say 3K for a day, and they inserted the wrong URL, maybe even to a competitor or something, because they, before we're doing some keyword research, or I don't know, like just, they fucked up something, they realize it, and what do they do now? Like, imagine being in that situation. Because when you tell the client that you did something wrong, like, that's, I don't know, that, I don't really see a point where the client would be like, oh, thanks for telling me, but actually, you're sort of, like, not that great as I thought, you know? So, mm, really, really hard situation here. But to take it back to what I want you to get of this story right here, I think I was really all over the place because it's just really just difficult and complicated. But the one main thing that I want you to get out of this, and that also I take with me out of this case right here, if it's finally solved. I mean, it's still not solved. We're on Sunday here. I think I changed it on Tuesday. So 
absolutely horrible. But what I want you to take out of this, whenever you're working with any strings or any um, pipelines that are vital for the business, you have to be careful. And at best, if it's something like doing a transfer like this, or if you do Facebook ads, for example, any um, advertising spending, so spending budget for a client, um, you should really be careful or before doing something. So, for example, if I do ever do a transfer like this again, <laughs> it's probably not going to happen because it's a fucking nightmare like this. So I'm probably never going to do that again. But if I do, would do something like this, um, the first thing that I would now consider is like, what are the potential risk risks to vital business strings? And what I mean by vital business strings, if you didn't really understand it by now, is like, for example, payment processes. So, for example, you have an online shop, people... Um, pay for paying their card and they don't get any emails or something. So like oral confirmation, stuff like that. Really important. I mean, fucks up the whole. So basically like sales, really important. Um, spending budget in any type of way, consider the risks. Um, yeah. So for example, maybe let's give a different example of like what would not be, what, what would I not consider an important business string would for example be how the cafeteria works on Wednesday. So for example, let's say, okay, the cafeteria, business at the cafeteria, or maybe some provider that brings their employees food, I don't know, at 12 every day, um, and that don't get the food because you didn't, I don't know, you didn't order the food for this week. You know, it's a, it's a problem. It's bad for employees. Employees probably going to not be happy, but they can just go over into any restaurant, Subway, McDonald's, Starbucks, I don't know, like anywhere. They can go somewhere else, get some food. Um, and if it's for an entire week, then they the next day are going to bring their own food or whatever. Like go, they are going to go somewhere else. But what I'm saying here is it's not an important business string. If you fuck something like that up, you know, it's not really that bad. I mean, it's still a problem though. So don't get me wrong here. But what I'm saying is be aware of when you're working on important business strings, um, especially if you're working with a budget from a client um, of the potential risks and with those risks like for your client, but also consider the risk for yourself. In this case, I think if this would be um, something where the client would actually sue me in this case, um, I think I would be at a pretty, pretty great spot. I mean, I'm still not a, just looking at it from the um, case itself, not in general, because a client is probably going to be pissed off. And that's obviously, as I mentioned before, like maybe even worse than me being right at court. But just, just like what I want to say here is like, how do you manage that? What could happen here? What bad thing could happen here? And how will I manage it? to get out of this bad situation, as well as um, seeing myself um, handling the situation, um, having maybe even strategies in place if something like this happens, but just like, how am I covered in this? Like, will I get sued the fuck out? Or is it just like that the client is gonna be pissed off? Like, just so one more time to really ingrain it into your brain because I never want something like this to happen to you. Whenever you're working with important business strings from a business, consider the risk for your client as well as for yourself. So yeah, that's the big learning of the last week. And geez, 
so annoying um but i just needed to get this off my chest as well as really wanted to share this with you because that's something that you should consider so if you're ever doing any facebook ads for someone else keep this one sentence in mind is it ask yourself is it a important business string and if yes then consider a bunch of risks that could happen i mean you can never be, be prepared like perfectly but i'm just saying like in this case just consider the risk i think i didn't consider the risk so Consider the risk whenever you're working with important business tricks. So last week I mentioned to you that I'm going to do an interview with Gus, a former accountant that had some problems in the past and for that had to give away his um, accountant license that he got back then. And I think this comes just right into place um, because it happened to him, like something like this happened to him on a much higher level, like way bigger, way more impact on his business and also at the client's business, like worse, bad impact. I'm not talking about good impact. Um, I'm talking about bad impact to the client's business and also to his. I mean, he, his fucking license got taken away. So what could get any worse? Like he ended his business. And that's also something like, um, with any job that you do, you could also consider like what are the potential risks, what could happen, and in this case, he was fucked. He was like completely fucked because his license was taken away. I mean, like I don't have any license, can't be taken away, but I'm just saying like his license got taken away. So, pff, what the fuck are you gonna do, man? Like your fucking business is over. In this case, if I would have a media scandal. Still be a bad problem, but you have to recover from that, therapy sessions and stuff. But, you know, you can still operate the business. I'm I'm just saying, like, and in his case, he couldn't. And that's why I think it comes right into place that I'm going to do this interview with you. Uh, sorry, with him. Um, I'm going to be interested to sort of, like, be able to emphasize with him a little bit. I mean, like, his fucking business got taken away. That's definitely not the case for me right now. But um, he was definitely in a similar situation and mine was definitely way um i don't know like let's say his was definitely way worse but I'm, i i just just feel that i could emphasize with him a little bit and that's something that i want to talk to you again it's like something that i learned now um be completely unemotional about people rescheduling any meetings or any projects i don't know like something because he rescheduled last Thursday because I wanted to record the interview on Friday and then he was like, okay, you know, I'm really busy at the moment. Could we do it next Friday? And at this point, I was just like, yeah, okay, no problem. Back then, let's go maybe back a year or something. I would have been like, oh no, again. Okay, you know what? Let's just, let's just leave it. And now I'm just like, you know, rescheduling. That's life. That's business life. Completely normal. And don't be mad at anybody because he has to reschedule. Probably most of the time they don't really want to reschedule, but they have to. So I'm just at this point really unemotional about people rescheduling. And that's why I look forward to recording the interview on Friday. As I mentioned to you, pretty excited to be able to emphasize with them a little, little tiny bit um, and talk on his case. Other than that, yesterday I was in Munich with friends. That was amazing. I'm always sort of like debate if, you know, the old Gary Vee mindset, I think he changed it a little bit because people were sort of like pissed off at his mindset um, in that way. But he was basically saying like, don't go to Coachella, work your fucking ass off, um, day at night, don't go out with friends, don't do anything, don't hang around. And I definitely see his point, like why he said that in the past. And I was definitely influenced in that way that it was like, okay, I can't spend time with um friends or family 
and not feel bad. Um, and I definitely think like imagine like because my grandpa died last year, and that made me think like a little bit about death and life as well. Um, I mean, life is all about these experiences. I had a, such a great time yesterday, and yeah, obviously it's going to put me back, quote unquote, if we, if you want to look at it that way in business because I didn't work yesterday. But I mean, what is life about? Life is not only about working for me. I want to if if something else brings me joy as well. And that's not to say that business or any other things that I do don't bring me joy. That just bring me joy in a different way. Um, I think definitely think that it's important for me to learn that it's it's the right thing to do to spend time with great people. Um, and that you don't have to feel bad about like being put behind in business, which is just sort of, it's just a mindset thing. Other people would say like, what? <laughs> put back? What the fuck? It's, it's the weekend. Like, but you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I think spending this quality time is something that I definitely need to, um, understand for the future that that's something that's sort of like those two, um, weights that I have to balance, like work on your one side that can change you that can get you to a next level get you to somewhere else where you're not at the point and as well as just spending time with people that just bring you much joy um on monday i had a great strategy call with a client they're called portrait 52 um they're a small startup from munich um and that was sort of also great i don't want to get into the specifics because i mean i really just applied the book good strategy bad strategy with my um, back catalog of information that I have around social media and the way that people can implement it if they're like a one-man show and they actually have a team but it's not really working out so that's why we had to sort of like work out a strategy um, about content output for their Instagram channel and that was sort of amazing to be able to apply what I learned from the book good strategy bad strategy into the strategy call with the client here um, so that was super amazing so that's it for this week. I mean, coming up this week is, I, I think the primary thing for me this week is actually gaining control over the flow of customers, like my biggest problem, but sort of like understanding like um, that I see businesses, for example, like clients that I'm beating up as well with this week that um, don't have control over their customer flow. So outreach, advertising, branding, don't have any control of that their clients just come out of nowhere because they heard them before with a mouth like something that you can control and i definitely want to take control over my customer flow to the agency this week um that's one thing on thursday i have a therapist meeting you could say a session i don't know i mean i think the people that changed my mindset around therapists were um, Casey Neistat and his wife, Candace Neistat. Hope that she's called that way. Don't take it the wrong way if I then re remember the name like that. But they were back then when they did their podcast series, which was really entertaining, but they stopped it. Um, back then, they were like rechanging my mindset around um, therapy or therapists in general and talking about you or problems, feelings, whatever. Um, definitely changed that. I was. At this therapist in particular before, around a year ago, that was amazing. I loved it. And I got some problems, or not problems, but like um, indifferences with my dad that I wanted to sort of get a better understanding with the therapist. And that's why I'm meeting up with her. I mean, I initiated the meeting 
in December last year. Um, she just has such a full schedule, but I'm excited to be meeting up with her this week. Really don't see it as a therapist session. It's more of like a, I don't know, <laughs> for me, it's like a strategy session. I don't know, but like, I'm just excited to be going there on Friday or Wednesday. We got a client sales meeting, which is going to be amazing. And on Friday, we're hopefully going to do the interview with Gus finally, because I'm heavily excited for that right now, as I mentioned to you. So that's it for this week's episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening. It was a longer one, but I hope that you could actually get a lot of value from this one, because I think it's an interesting lesson for anyone that is in business or works somewhere else um, where he works on important business strings. Um, So thanks for listening to this week's episode and see you in one of the next upcoming episodes. Bye.